Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the world's worst NASCAR podcast. I am your host, Turnpike. I'm Green. And today, we will be running over all of the fun that I had, not not Green. I had fun, fun too. The fun that I had at the Bristol Night Race. Okay, we're also going to be talking about the fun I had yeah, at Lonesome Pine. You were at a also mega cool racetrack. That track is so amazing. I wish it was in a better location, but... Southeast Super Trucks were at Lonesome Pond. We will talk about that as well, but Bristol Night Race. Yeah. That was something very, very interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to come out of that. There's a lot of stuff to come out of that, as there usually is with Bristol. We always have something to talk about at Bristol, so that'll be interesting. Stick around for that. Got news about RSO picks. One of us had a very awful, (sighs) no good, very bad day. The other one of us had a really good day. So, Uh, yeah, even more to talk about. How did you break away like 60 points in one day? You know what? Might be part of that double points. But anyway. It's almost like the playoffs are stupid or something. We'll talk about that later. We'll get to it. It's right side only. Friends, before we get into the rest of the episode, we'd like to do a little... Special announcement. Very special. Very special announcement. We, as in like a couple weeks ago, but we forgot to say anything about it, hit 2,000 plays over all of the different podcasts. I can't even count that high. One, two, that's as high as I can go. All right. That's as high as I can go. So we wanted to give away a certain special little something. We will be giving away a diecast car, a NASCAR diecast. Oh, that's good. We'll we'll have. I think there's going to be two different options. It will be posted before this episode goes out, so you will know what the options are. But let us. And here's how this is going to work. Here's how it's going to work. So there will be a post on Twitter. All you have to do is comment your favorite NASCAR paint scheme of all time. It does not matter what era, what car. It can be any division. Comment your favorite NASCAR paint scheme, and that is one entry. Or there will be a Q and A on this specific episode where you can comment it again that counts as a second entry so bada bing bada boom simple and all that stuff will be announced on twitter so just wanted to let you guys know about it on the episode so head on over to twitter and check that out good luck to everybody yep good luck to everybody anyway bristol night race the the greatest of the bristol races the greatest of the non-crown jewels i think that bristol night race is more of a crown jewel than it needs to be I mean, I think most people consider it yeah. a, a crown jewel. I think for a lot of people, I think a lot of people would honestly consider it more of a crown jewel than what is... Okay, let's 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 discuss this right now. What are the official crown jewels? Today? Yes, today. Daytona 500, yep. Southern 500, Bristol Night Race. Brickyard? Not, as, not if it's a road course. Not no. if it's a road course. Okay, so if... Is if the you, Indianapolis Grand Prix... An IndyCar, is that as big of a deal as Brickyard 400? No, Indy but I mean, the only thing that differ- differentiates them is a name, really. No, it's, a, I think, it's the well, age it of the, the track. It is the oval. It is yeah. the oval. The yes. oval has been there it's for 100 years. Oval. I think that is much better than, I think that running the, the road course and it not being a crown jewel and running the oval and it being a crown jewel is the way to, to do that. Winning also, the, you forgot the Coke 600. Oh, yeah, but, Coke 600. But winning Indianapolis, um, winning the Brickyard 400 is a crown jewel. Winning at the track at all is still awesome. At the track. But it's just not. Yeah. It's like winning the July Daytona race. See, and I think we talk about this all the time. As someone that is, of course, of course new or whatever, a big part of it is understanding why the races are so big. It's like, well, this one has the history of this. This one has the history of that. And I think that the the going thing that me and you have of tracks only getting one date would benefit that greatly so much because it's like like and I talked to you and I think this is one of the first things I ever talked to you about in NASCAR because I got into it and I got into it right around the Daytona 500 this couple yeah. weeks after but one of my first questions that came to you is one why is the biggest race of the season first? I'm used to traditional sports background. You build up. The biggest race is the last one. That's what gives it so much weight. Um, and everybody watches it because it's the last one. You know, that's a big deal. Like, yeah. Every football fan watches the Super Bowl, whether or not your team is in it. 
Honestly, most people watch the Super Bowl. Most people do, yeah, just in general. Football fan or not. You know, one of my questions was, why is it that when you win at Daytona on this day, it's a big deal, but when you win on it on this day, it's not? It is a really weird dynamic. And that's just just a question that if you've been raised in it your whole life and you follow the sport for as long as you can, it's just, that's just how it is. Yeah. And, And a lot of sports in different traditions and things, that's just how that is. Yeah. You know, and I've showed you, actually, I don't know if I have, but I'm a I'm a big international sporting fan as well, and it's interesting to see the weight placed on events. Yeah. We talk about all the time, the Monaco Grand Prix. If there was two Monaco races, it would be much less important. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think every track, no matter what series, honestly, I think every track should just have one date. Yeah. Because I, I just... yeah. One, it's just too much for a fan base, you could argue. You split up the dates, just like Bristol with yep. the spring race and the night race. It just splits the people. Because some people, if you can only afford one ticket, you can only afford one ticket. You're only going to go to one. You're, and yeah, most people do. Now, of course, I'm in a situation where we have season tickets, so we're there both regardless. I think that'd probably also solve our kind of short track problem with all the short tracks are within five hours of each other. Yep. And... They all have back-to-back races in the same month. That is that is not good. <laughs> now, of course, if you're a fan that can travel and has the the disposable That's the coolest income, trip. That is ever. the coolest. That is the coolest month of the year. But you know, if you can turn around Bristol, Martinsville, you know, even like a Richmond, Darlington, and you can hit all of those in a little bit of time. That's dude, awesome. You're living the dream. But but a lot who of can some people can't. Yeah. I can't do that. I mean, could we? Yes. Would it bankrupt us and cause us to lose our jobs? Also yes, <laughs> also yes, <laughs> but no, that's that's a that's a big thing. And Bristol Dirt, I mean, we've talked about it here, and it's it's sad that even talking about Bristol at all brings up Bristol Dirt. Yeah, and and that's just this kind of sad state of affairs. And I know that I've went on this topic far too long, but yeah, is it a crown jewel? Yes. Am I also the least excited? I I don't know. I'm so conflicted on it because I'm laced. Like I'm not very excited for the night race, and I'm not like I'm not like sitting up at night like oh boy I can't wait for the night race. And I think part of it is because I'm there, and it's like oh yeah that's just what we do we go to the night race yeah and it's it's just what I do. But then like an event like I don't know Indy 500 or um I don't know if you know this I'm really big into international soccer yeah so it's foot, football everywhere football. else. But in America, it's soccer. And, like, before the Barcelona-Bayern game, I was, like, excited out of my mind. The World Cup's coming up this year. I've been excited out of my mind. There hasn't been a single race this year I have been like, man, I'm re- like, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. I mean, maybe aside from Daytona. Yeah. But it's just weird that I'm not I'm not excited for any of these. Yeah. Which is which is a weird question. And I think with, with Bristol, it's because I'm there. And it's like, oh, I get to enjoy this. It's it's kind of a slow build up and not like a dude it's getting here kind of thing. But yeah, long story short, cool. So <laughs> <laughs> long story short, cool. Any long story short, there was no point to that. So. Yeah. <laughs> well pointless ramblings with Turnpike. Tune I think in next that, week. I think that is uh, slowly becoming an official crown jewel. Um the race was pretty good. I mean it was slightly below Bristol Night Race standards, but Good race. A lot of issues from the car standpoint. My pick had some issues, but that had nothing to do with NASCAR side of it. But we had a lot of steering issues and tire issues on Saturday night, um, affecting playoff drivers and non-playoff drivers alike. It was kind of crazy, and then some of them I didn't even see. Like the final round of pit stops that people were goofing, and I think is Harvick and a bunch of other people. Yeah, I was walking up the stairs to go to the bathroom, and I just happened to turn around, and Harvick's just like stranded, and I was like, "What?" And I went to the bathroom and came back. No, I did. I went. Okay, so I missed the most important section of the race because I was like, "Okay, that's the that's the final." There's the caution. I think it was the Seabell caution, or was it the Keselowski caution? Also, weird thing over the weekend, sometimes a car with a with a flat tire up against the wall was a caution. Sometimes it wasn't. Yeah. It's quite odd. It's very quite, odd. 
quite little weird thing I spied with my little eye. Something doesn't seem right here. But anyway. It's almost like I NASCAR's got... not good at officiating weird. races. Wait, what does NASCAR uh, do for a living? I, um, oh, wait, they officiate No, they races. build cars, don't they? They build race cars. No, they tell people to build race cars. Oh, they and design if you mess up, cars. you die. They design race cars. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, so I I go up and I think I think it was I think it was Kyle Larson. Like Kyle Larson was leading for a good bit, and I was like, "That's my RSO pick. That would be dope if I won." He takes the lead. Keselowski takes the lead away from him. Whatever. Keselowski blows a tire. Kyle Larson's back in the lead. He gets passed by Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell blows a tire. He's back in the lead. So I'm like, okay. So I get up and go to the bathroom, and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm hungry. I haven't ate since like lunch and this is like seven o'clock or whatever this is eight maybe even later i, I don't remember when you're at the racetrack time just kind of yeah expires. time doesn't like, you don't exist. know what time it is and i go and i go stand in line for a pretzel and a soda and when i come back christopher busher's in the lead of the race and i'm like what where did this come from <laughs> i was like okay there must be some weird tire strategy for him to be out front and he's gonna have to pit which, dude... He didn't. <laughs> let's talk about that for a second. RFK, Kozlowski hops on and becomes part owner as well as driving for the team. While their season didn't start off great with Kozlowski's 100-point penalty, he was the example that NASCAR needed to make. Yep. That team has slowly kind of become slightly more relevant, more on the Busher side, and all of a sudden, Busher pulls out a win. And it wasn't a fluke either, you know? Like, he was up there. He won that race. He straight up won that race. Yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be huge for that organization. I, I saw a quote from Brad Kozlowski saying that, like, he wants to bring Roush back to a three, four car organization. But before you do that, you got to make a two car organization relevant. That you know? That's true. And it looks like they're making steps in that direction. So I'll be very, very curious to see how all that plays out. While you had your experience over at Bristol, I was over at Lonesome Pine up in Coburn, Virginia. That track is just so cool. Uh, I've heard that it used, like, the original purpose for it was, like, for the Bush Series or the Truck Series, and they were going to bring them there, and it just never came to fruition. So it's like a short track with big stands and a big tower for the officials and all that. Like, it's a really cool facility. Southeast Super Trucks were there and had some really great races. Had the twin late model features. Truck series was really fun. Late models, we had a great, great car count for the late model race. We had like 20 late models there. And it made practice a little interesting because everyone tried to go out once. But it was a great race once we got to that point. Honestly, for those of you who come to short track races to see some uh, carnage, to say the least, first 10 laps of that 30 lap first feature for the limiteds was what you wanted to see. (laughs) There was a lot of just, I mean, you got 20 cars on a short track, not the widest track in the world either. So great, great race in there. And I just want to point out, we have two races left. We got Anderson on October 2nd, which y'all should make it out for. And then we've got Hickory. I think it's like October 28th. But I wanted to point something out to y'all. With those two races left, we have a really tight points battle. In the trucks, we have Tim Lawless with 169 and DJ Knipe with 160. Those two have been in it every week and have been doing really, really well. Um, Only nine points between them. It'll be really cool to see how that pans out over the next two race weekends. But the limited late models are the more competitive-looking field while the they've got a uh, TJ Lawless in the 50 has a 10 point lead over Bryce Applegate but that from there it is just one point back to Lance Gatlin one point back to Chase Pollard six points back to Gallman I mean we have a stacked stacked points lineup in the Southeast Tour like Turnpike you can speak for it the limiteds are really fun to watch when we get that many in there Like, you're calling it. It must be crazy with your first year calling races to get. There's a lot of stuff to talk about during those races. Oh, it is full throttle. Um, But Bryce Applegate, TJ Lawless looking to be really well there. Austin Thompson in the Legends has won every event. He finally got the boot this week. Finished second to, funny enough, his teammate, Brody Gunter. We saw a uh, 
dynasty fall, I guess you could say. In no, I'm pretty league. sure losing all, winning all those and then losing one doesn't count as losing a dynasty. I know, but I, we, I was just waiting for it to happen. Because, I mean, last race we had the uh, the double dare challenge where he started in the back the second feature after awesome. he won and still won again. So, like I said, next race is going to be Saturday, October 1st at the Anderson Motor Speedway in South Carolina. Y'all need to make the trek down there if you can. Like I said, these points battles are getting tight. And it's such a cool experience to be be a part of these short tracks. So be sure to check that out when we come by to Anderson in a couple weeks. So let's get back to Bristol. First, let's talk about RSO picks. Loser. Big old loser. You know, I felt so confident. I've given you a couple things throughout the season. And, um, well, while some of them are irrelevant in the playoffs, I'm regretting it now. You picked Kyle Larson, like you said earlier. He finished in fifth. Yes. Because in double points, that gets you 72 points. Get wrecked. I had Kyle Busch. He finished 34th. That gets me 14 points. So, that didn't go my way. Then something else happened. We made our picks for the round of 16. Who was going to be eliminated this round? So, the drivers that were eliminated were Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, Kevin Harvick, I don't want to say this next one, Tyler Reddick. Rip. My championship pick. Rip in peace. Dude. Rest in pepperoni, you absolute loser. That's I say fun. this, I'm actually a huge Tyler Reddick fan, and I will be buying several t-shirts of Tyler <laughs> Yeah, rip in peace, loser. Gosh. See, that's the weird part with this game is, like, I'm there in person. Like, me as, like, like an actual person, absolute... Okay, there's two different sides. There's actual me, and then there's Turnpike. Actual me <laughs> wanted Tyler, Tyler Reddick to do so well, win the race. I'd love to see him win in person since his win got taken away from him at Bristol. Of course, I did get to see Kyle Busch win, which is a plus. But I really wanted to see Tyler Reddick do very well. And then Turnpike side of me is every single one of these races, I'm like, oh, I need that guy to lose, and I need that guy to do bad, and I need to beat You're that You're wishing, car. like, wrecks for yeah. these people. and that's so, like, morally confusing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with all that, so Turnpike picked Austin Dillon, Austin Sendrick, Chase Briscoe, Christopher Bell. You got one of those, right? So Woo. that's 35 points your direction. But then we look at mine. Ross Chastain, Austin Dillon, Chase Briscoe, and Alex Bowman. Again, I got one of them right. So that was kind of an even ground. Where you got me was the Bristol finishes. And your championship pick is gone. And my championship. I like. I have no hope of that. And that means one of your final four is already... Yep. So technically you've... You, 85 we, points are we gone. We tied there. We technically tied for the first round. But, but you down the road is going to be a lot worse off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm fighting the long game here. So now the score is green, 908. Turnpike, 907. You're darn right. It is literally a one-point gap. It's a one-point gap. This is why the playoffs are dumb, because <laughs> there are stupid rules for the last 10 races, and well, it doesn't matter how many times. No, shut up. We're not shut actually up. doing it the real It doesn't matter playoff. how many times I won. And beat you legit because you won now. Weird, isn't I'm it? I'm mad. Who would do? Who would make a playoff system like this? Not Stupid me. Stupid sure. Brian France. Whoa! Do not insult that man. He will sue you. That's a good point. He will sue this podcast. Man, he's got to be sober to sue. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> that was messed he's up. He's too busy scrolling Twitter. Yeah. All right. I wonder what happened to Drunken Brian France. I don't know. I, I actually, I have no idea. I think. Wait, you didn't know what of, happened? No, I know what happened. Oh. I just don't know where what that person is doing now or what happened. That's I know probably that, on purpose. I know it's honestly. done, but Rip. I know that they like he tried to take him to court or whatever. And I they settled. That. They settled out of court. I miss sure. I miss scrolling and seeing that on my feed. That was pretty cool. It's great. I am hurt deeply by this. I felt so good. 
about this, and I don't anymore. You know what's funny? We talked about, and we never announced this on the show because we didn't decide on doing this, but there's a conversation of us making the race pick for Phoenix, and then whichever one won that just won the entire thing. I mean, that's that's really what it should be, but... Ah. But here's the thing. I I was holding on to pride and saying, no, I can still win this. <laughs> I can still win this based off my full season stuff. Let's just let's just make it stupid, but not. But now I'm just like, well, I don't guess it matters anymore. We're even now. <laughs> so yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see uh, the different endings of this for different like formats or whatever, and we'll yeah. see. We'll see how it comes out. But yeah. at this point, who knows. Who knows? So we will come back in a little bit and do our picks for who we think will be eliminated in the round of 12, as well as our picks for the dumpster fire this weekend. So Bristol Night Race. Packed stands, right? Yes. Great crowd, from what I hear. TV ratings. Oh, TV ratings, not good. (laughs) TV ratings, very bad. Very bad, still bad, still very bad. But uh, I mean, wh- how do you? Last year's was on NBCSN. I think we said what it got like two point two million viewers or something like that. This year's was on USA, so it should be pretty comparable numbers. But this year's got one point seven million. That is not good. It's not. In case anybody needs to know, that's not good. It's not good. I don't know the answer to that. I I just don't, you know? There's a lot of people saying college football. I think within the last couple years, Bristol has been moved a little bit later in the season. I think it used to be in August, like maybe two or three weeks earlier. And maybe football wasn't either. I I think maybe it was like a week or two before college football really got started. I mean, 1.7 million. I wonder if partially that could be by people... Not necessarily tuning in because the next gen car on short tracks. Not saying that's a huge factor, but I'm saying that it's a possibility. I was nervous about it. And yeah, they're proven right. Also, I think that the hype around football this year has been way more than in years past. It's always been a mega, people are always super excited about it. But this year, the excitement for football is unreal. This is the most hype for a football season I have ever seen. And I've been a football fan since I was 11 years old. And this year is incomparably more exciting than the other ones. I mean, you cannot tell me you haven't seen a thousand tweets or Instagram posts about fantasy football. Just even fantasy football. You can't tell me you haven't seen them. All my people are NASCAR people. Okay, well, okay, you don't have any real <laughs> friends. I don't. So, But I've Rip seen me. everybody everybody talking about it you know college professional everybody football is the thing that's in right now of course it's always in it's football it's huge but it even more than normal and with this race being the same time as you know football on a saturday afternoon you know there's not going to be a lot of people okay well i think this kind of watching that i think this tunes into the conversation we had a little bit ago you give each track one date Add a couple tracks. You have, what, maybe 28 weekends versus 36? Yep. There can be no downside to shortening the schedule for the for the viewer and the at-home experience. Yeah. And as a, as a fan, you know, we've talked about this. Too much of a good thing is no longer a good thing. No. You not. know what? Hey, you know what is awesome? You know what is super cool? Are Rolex watches. I love Rolex watches, but you know how cool they would be if everyone I knew wore one? A lot less cool. They'd be a lot less cool. You know what? You know what car is super cool? A Lamborghini. If everyone I knew had a Lamborghini, Lamborghinis would not be nearly as cool. It would be a Honda Accord with a V12. That's the same way you'd look at it. (laughs) That's the same way you'd look at it. You know, one reason that football and stuff is so incredibly captivating is it's only what like twenty weeks? Yeah, sixteen. Well, now seventeen regular season, and then the playoffs. 
Yeah. And it's done. Well, and I, I think it has a, there's a FOMO in it. If I don't watch it now, it's gonna be it's gonna be done. Yeah. I think NASCAR has to find that happy balance between shortening the schedule but still reaching all the markets. And I think giving one date to all the tracks would basically do that. Um but the one thing that football has over NASCAR is there are games within 100 miles. Man, I don't want to say that. Within 200 miles of you every week almost. Every week if you count college. You know, if you do NFL and college, there is a football game within 100 miles of you every week. NASCAR, you don't know where they're going to be. Us in Western North Carolina could be thousands of miles away from the race in California. You know, and so NASCAR has the balance of while I do think the schedule needs some shortening, I think by at least 10 weeks, you've got to do that while still being close enough to anyone who has the money and wants to go to a race to be able to go because that's how you captivate fans, in my opinion, in NASCAR. All right, let's take a look. So I don't know exactly from when this Updated January 17th, 2022. Okay. Yep. So that has gateway and everything. Yep. I see. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Here. So, or is that this one? I don't know. This, that's Kansas. That's gateway. Okay. So let's see. Let's see all these different markets that we have. Do you notice this massive area where there's absolutely nothing? Up in the uh, Northwest? Yeah. Everywhere. So... I think that we could. I'm. I'm going to get shot for saying this. I think I there shoot are. You for a while either I way. think there are way too many races right here. And for the reference, I am talking about what is East know, Coast, the East Coast South. I'm talking. We have. You know, we've got Richmond, Bristol, Charlotte, Darlington, Atlanta, Talladega, and as a fan. Right here, that's pretty cool. I can go to in, I can go to most any of these tracks. For reference, talking about Western North Carolina, we're talking we're about at. Western North Carolina, we're in we're a really at. good spot. It's, we it's really a, are. It's close to. I can get to Richmond, a couple hours, and get to Bristol, a couple hours, Charlotte, a couple hours, Darlington, a couple hours, Atlanta, a couple hours, Alabama, a couple hours, a couple I mean, hours, Alabama. Good okay, Lord, that that's one, like six. That if, hey, for a lot of travel, that no, is not bad. You're right. Yeah, you're that right. is that is honestly not bad. But. How how do how do you, how would you feel if you were a fan in Montana? Yeah, Montana, Nebraska. You going to a NASCAR race is a major financial investment. No, absolutely. We You're need, not driving that way. We need to. And here's the thing: we got to figure out one where up there would be the best spots to go, but two, how much people up there want to go. I will give you this. It just makes way too much sense logistically once you look at the major United States highways and there's not a race near there. Okay, so if the Chicago street race works well, okay? Probably won't, the but massive caveat, we'll go if, it, if it works, and this is, an, is, this is a thing that we are set on trying, there is one spot... That is so obviously the place to put that. Do you have a guess of what I am thinking of? Do you have a guess of where I'm thinking? There's not a race basically anywhere near here. I it's don't know. Two where states you're... away is the closest race. And this is a place that I think this would work. I don't know where you're talking about. Okay, the place I'm thinking of is Denver, Colorado, right here. You know what? I, the funny thing is I almost said that. I was like, I don't know, maybe. Don't know. So here's my case for Denver, Colorado. If you pull up, so just for the record, I am looking at the sportsleaguemaps.com track. It's got all the tracks mapped out on them. Just look up map of NASCAR tracks. And it also has the major U.S. highways outlined in this yellowish Color, which is pretty convenient. Which is pretty convenient. <laughs> Do you notice anything? Like, let's look at let's look at anywhere. Let's look at, I don't know, Minnesota. Nah, it's not okay. Let's not do that. But no, just if you, okay. if you just look, like here's Seattle. There, you know, there's the little highways going into Seattle. Yeah. You notice anything really convenient about Denver? There's intersections there. 
There is one, two, three, four within probably seventy miles. Yep, that is very logistically fantastic. You yeah. know what sucks about Bristol? If you're not from around Bristol, it gets takes forever to get to. And a big thing that's a, a track for any of the tracks in the mountains. I'm sitting here looking at this. Look, I mean, even something like, even something like Richmond, right here. Yeah. Do you know how far, how long it takes to get to Richmond? And how close we are. Yeah. It's just it's just the nature of being in the mountains. It's curvy. It's wavy. It's whatever. Yeah. So I would honestly not be opposed to dropping Richmond altogether. Crazy. Putting some races over here. I think in you've got the, the right coast, idea the with West the coast. wrong tracks in mind. Uh, West Coast. Uh, Richmond, worthless. New Hampshire, worthless. Nobody cares. Um, New Hampshire, I'd be... I don't know. I The tracks I would immediately think to drop is Texas is top of the list. Yeah. Let's just get that Texas. over with. I'm going to get... I may get slapped for this one, too. Atlanta. Yeah. Could, could care less about Atlanta. Atlanta needs to go. I f- like, of course, I have a slightly different opinion on Atlanta because I have several friends that live in Georgia, and that's their track. So that is what it is. I think I think those two are the first to go. Um, I, would, I would tend to agree. Atlanta and Texas, they... Both have been just disasters since the repave. Which I don't. Let me see this. Atlanta's technically not been a disaster. I think it's been okay, but it's just not. I'm biased against super speedway racing, so I say take Atlanta's date, do the Denver race, and look if the street course thing doesn't work. Mile High Stadium. That would be dope. <laughs> that would be dope. L.A. Coliseum is working. Yes. I and am so excited for that. Look, I'd love to see a thing. I do in not, Mexico. I do not see NASCAR pulling off street courses. I just don't see it, especially since they've already ticked off some of the Chicago lawmakers. Well, that's just NASCAR. Yeah, but I think the way they're going to get to these big cities is obviously they're not going to build tracks because noise ordinances, people get mad. Go to stadiums. Do an L.A. Coliseum-like event. Now, they'll have to be careful. Only do one to two a year, but do it. And make a format to where you can run and score points for 40 cars on a quarter-mile track because that's not going to be... You're not going to have 40 cars on tracks. You've got to have either heat races or you've got to have ways to place people from positions probably 28 to 40. You know, I like your idea. I think maybe instead of street courses, do it in the stadiums. But I think we're on the same wave wavelength as far as how we feel about that. Yep, that's 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 kind of how I feel about it. Anyway, long tangent aside, long long tangent. No, I, aside, I think that was a good conversation. I think I, I think that I think that's there's value to that. There there is, and um, like, and I understand is your sport of NASCAR has a certain demographic. You know why? Because that's where your tracks are. Now, granted, if you want to get granted, new, we, the reason NASCAR fell in the hole they were is because they ran away from that market too quickly. But that's getting, look, I, and, and this look, kills me. Here's it's, the reason NASCAR I said Twitter's the worst. Here's the reason I said don't take Richmond off, and I gave you Atlanta and I gave you Texas. Both of those are in bigger markets. But here's the thing. Those are the least desirable tracks. And yes, Atlanta gets it out of that bubble. But though all the tracks on that East Coast, they're great tracks. You have Daytona. Richmond you have is Homestead. Not. Richmond's okay. Richmond's not good. Richmond's okay. The track, I, I'm okay with the track. It's not the best in the world, but it's there. It's good. Darlington, Charlotte, Bristol, Martinsville. Dover, are, do you truly want to see any of those tracks go? Other than apparently Richmond, since you don't like. Richmond. Here's the thing, and of course, Walton's I'm a new, I'm a newer fan, so naturally, I'm not gonna have the, the connection to these places. Yeah. So, Dover could not, couldn't care less. New Hampshire, granted, couldn't care you have less. been a fan for the worst. Yeah. Side of Dover, and that is the that's a fair argument. Yeah. To me. I don't care. Okay, I'll, I'll just I'll just do it like this. I'll just do it like this. Watkins Glen, keep. Yeah, I'm a huge Watkins Glen. Watkins Glen, New awesome. Hampshire, Dover, um, Atlanta. 
I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, there's there's a couple that I just don't I just don't care for. I personally would be okay with Taldega leaving. No one else would, but I would. I'd be okay with Taldega having one date. Yeah. I'd love it if Taldega was well, a one-day I, track. Well, I was assuming we're going with everybody having one day here. How many tracks? So that's one, two, three. Oh, wait. Zoom back out real quick. So I think I counted 26 tracks on the schedule right now. Ish. Yeah. So. It's a lot. If we have 27 races, add a track, that leaves room for Wilkesboro or Nashville or, which then again. Adds another race right there in that bubble, but I won't say something about that. I think we should have more short tracks everywhere. As much as I would love to see the North Wilkesboro and Nashville happen, you add a couple tracks, but everything only gets one date. Perfect. So, Done. Let's Easy. We will send this um, recording to NASCAR headquarters in Charlotte, and I, I expect them to retract the schedule for next year and create a new one within the next six months. Yeah. I would say within a couple weeks, but they're really slow about getting schedules out. (laughs) That is true. I'm just saying, you know what? I'd like to see abroad. I I, I guess I'm weird. I'm a NASCAR fan that knows the name of four other countries, which most NASCAR fans I've met cannot do that. Gosh. Hey, can you play? You know that game we did where we were doing the guess what country that is? I did well. Thank you did you very well. Much. I guarantee no one else would have. A lot of heart. people. Yeah, a lot of people would. If you went to Bristol, took a microphone. Oh, dude, that would have. We got to do that. That would have been gold. You know what? Point to Germany on a map. RSO on location is going to have some stuff in the future. I that hope. would be good. That would be really good. Who anyway, knows? We'll anyway, see. Anyway, let's move on. We'll see. Before so, we promise too much. <laughs> put on. So T rings bad. Every, everything bad. Everything bad. Let's just let's just get that out of the way. Everything's bad. So speaking of bad, we're going to a dumpster fire this week. Woo. Oh yeah, Texas Motor Speedway. <sighs> so if there is a week to not watch, I think this would be the one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just don't watch. Tell them how bad you hate. Now, granted, they are repaving it but probably in a super speedway format, so whip-de-doo. I'm not thrilled about that. But the show must go on, even though the facility is... Oh, hold on. The pavement is... I hate this place. RSO picks. Now, I feel like this is a very important week for me because I've got to make these round of 12 picks, and... uh, Let's go, loser. I'm only one point ahead now. Have has there been a point where you have led this season? Nope. No. From I've the Daytona you 500. You've you've led. Gosh, this is a pass with ten to go. Is what this is. If you pull this off. So, do we want to pick for? Let's pick for Texas first. Pick for Texas. Turnpike. Who do you have for Texas Motor Speedway? You. I won. You pick first. Oh, yeah, I pick first. I'm not used to that. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I know, right? Um, But it's good. I'm okay with that. I'm going to regret this. I'm going to regret this big time, but I pray it works out. Doesn't even need to have his window net up to win a race at Texas. <laughs> oh, you got mine. Ryan Blaney. Turnpike, who you got? Let's take a step back. Let's Let's really think about this one because I cannot goof this. I might come out of this with the lead, so I cannot I cannot goof this. You know what? I might really, really regret this too, but I'm going to do it. I think they're on the upswing. I think they're on the upswing. I will put my faith in them. I will pick William Byron. Oh, I already regret it. Oh, no, I, I, I think that's pick. a good pick. I, I really don't know. Do. I really don't know. I think that they were. I'm going to win or DNF. I bet with about like six weeks to go in regular season, they found something because in the last couple of weeks, playoff time has come. They have, they have started doing really well. So, I don't think that is a bad pick at all. So now, time to pick round of twelve. Just to give you a look at the playoff grid before we pick, we have Chase Elliott up top. Joe Logano second, Ross Chastain third, Kyle Larson fourth, William Byron fifth, Denny Hamlin sixth, 
Christopher Bell, 7th. Ryan Blaney, 8th. Chase Briscoe is 9th, 4 points out. Alex Bowman is 10th, 6 points out. Daniel Suarez is 11th, also 6 points out. And Austin Sendrick is 12th with 7 points out. Turnpike, I'm going to give you first pick here. Are we? What are we doing these? We pick all four? You pick the four, yeah, just pick all four. For, four out? Yeah, four out. Okay, four out. I think... This is going to hurt because there are several people I'm about to pick that I really like. And I hope that they move on, but I don't think they will. Here we go. So the first one, stressful out, one. The first one out is Daniel Suarez. I do not believe that Daniel Suarez will make it out of this next round. I think that's a very, very good pick. As, I love Daniel. I love, 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 love Daniel. He has quickly become one of my probably top five drivers now. Yeah. And it hurts me to pick him. To to exit, but I have to. I have to. I just don't think this is going to work for him. I think it's his time. I think this I'm is also, a successful year by him to get into the twelve. Yeah, yes, this is a building year for him and Trackhouse. And I think you know Chastain's also been very good. Of course, you know he's might be a dark horse championship pick, but this is a great year for Dana Suarez. And I think that it <laughs> Haas and Toyota are like, hey, that guy he used to be. That used to be our guy. Yeah, and they let him go. Yep, and here he is with a team that actually cares for him, and wants to see him succeed, and he is doing that. Yeah, I mean let's let's go. Made it through the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, that is big. That is big. So he is gone. I also think that my second favorite driver, Alex Bowman, will also be eliminated from the playoffs. I think Alex Bowman will be gone. I think that's a bold pick, but okay. I I don't know. I just it's like yes. Have they been better? Yes. Have I seen enough to really, really believe in them yet? No. No. If they show it, they will show it now. If they're going to show it, this is where it will come out. This round will be the round where they show out. Because they have to. Because I think they come into this race below the cut line. Yeah. Or they will be one of the first ones out. So if they are holding something back, this is where they will be showing that. Yeah. So we could come into this and Byr- Bowman could have won a race or done very, very well, and I was like an idiot. I hope that's what happens because Bowman's my second favorite driver. I would love to see him advance. Yeah. So that's my second. My third will be Chase Briscoe and then Austin Sendrick will be my other two. I have less to say about them. Austin, dude, it's his rookie year. Technically, it's technically his rookie year. He ran some select races 2021. It's his rookie year. But technically it's his rookie year. Fantastic rookie year. Daytona 500 to start off. You can't get any better than that. So, yes, I believe that Cindric will be Windrick. Not this time, though. I think that next year he will also be very good. But I think he will be out. And then Chase Briscoe, just, I just don't think Stuart Haas has it right now. Yeah. Just really. I just don't. And, uh, yeah, I think those are my four. All right. For my four, we're going to have a lot in common this time. I've got the 99 of Daniel Suarez. That's your first pick as well. Yep. Um, I've got the 2 of Austin Sendrick, the 14 of Chase Briscoe, and the 1 of Ross Chastain, which bringing again? up... Again? <laughs> up picking him again? I am. Which bringing up the 1 of Ross Chastain reminds me of something. It tells you have to teach you this lesson, old man. It means you're in the lead. It means I'm in the lead? Remember that wager we made? Oh, that wager. Yeah. Well, that was like a big wager, too. What 20 was it? points. Oh, is it 20 points? Okay. So you now have 927, and I have 908. Oh, no. I am in the lead. So, yeah, you are in the lead now. That makes me sad. Okay. Well, that is our round of 12 picks. And, um, gosh, I just hope it goes better than this past week did for me. I did not do well. You know what? That is sit- that is suiting. Suiting? Well fitted. Sure. Yeah, we'll call it. Call for it yep. the worst NASCAR podcast. I guess, I guess you're right. This is kind of a weird one. This is kind of a weird one. I feel like I didn't... There was like things I was like, oh yeah, I gotta talk about that. And I never did. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll call it We'll call it a wrap. You know what? At 1030 at night, I think that's a good time to call it a wrap. You're darn right. You know what? For the worst racing podcast... That Ratings pretty, have been awesome, yeah, guys. Been pretty Thank good. y'all yeah, we, so we much. Really, we really appreciate everybody that tunes in all the time. Hope to do some more cool stuff soon. Perfect five-star ratings. We have perfect five-star on Spotify, 
and Apple Podcasts. We have five star, five star. Okay, so five stars plus five stars. I'm pretty sure that makes us a ten star podcast. We are the one and only ten star podcast. Yes. And also, my mom says we're pretty good, so I think that's 11 stars. All the stars. <laughs> we have... Dancing with the stars. How many stars are in the... We could be How many dancing. stars are in the Milky Way? Like seven b- bajillion? That's how many stars we have. Nice. I own the Milky Way. I bought it last week for $3. It was online, wasn't it? You can, buy, you can buy crazy stuff at the Bristol flea markets, man. I bought the Milky Way was Galaxy. Was it a deed? No, I was a homeless man on the street. He was like, hey, man, you want something? I'm like, yeah. And he's like... I got the whole Milky Way for you. And I was like, sweet, how much you want for He's like, three bucks. Either this man was God and gave you a deal. (laughs) I don't think he was. (laughs) For legal reasons, that is a joke. I did not buy the Milky Way Galaxy (laughs) from a homeless man at the Bristol Flea Market. I kind of assumed so, but I wasn't going to. If I would have done that, I would have definitely tweeted about it before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. I think that's going to cut it from us today. I think that will. Also, shout out to all my friends I got to see at the Bristol Night Race. That was very cool. Left Turn Colt. I got to see Left Turn Colt, Chairgate, and all those guys. Did I tell you that whole whole situation with them and how that all played out? How? Okay, so I'll I'll have to send this to them so they can can hear it. So we're standing at the Toyota booth, and I see the leaders of Rowdy Nation, Jared and Dalton, walking through, and Dalton's got his big Rowdy Nation flag over his shoulder. It's clear that's who he is. And then Parv's <laughs> with him, too. I don't know if you know who Parv is. But I was like, oh, they walk by, and I'm like, Parv, like, what's up, man? Like, like I started putting on the accent a little bit. I'm like, what's up, man? Big fan of you, Parv. And Dalton's like, you want a picture with him? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> just like, just to see what they would say. And, uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, yeah, man, everybody likes Parv. And, uh, start talking to him for just a second. I was like, you guys have no idea who I am, do you? And they're like, no. I'm like, I've been on both of you guys' podcasts, and you don't know who I am. <laughs> and I told them who I was and whatever and hung out with them for a minute. And then I went to the left turn cult. They had a campsite with them and Chair Gaten and a bunch of the other guys. So I get to the campsite, and I'm like, yeah, we need to figure something out. And uh, <laughs> so we come up, and then Dalton's like, yeah, we found some Parv Gang fans because me and my other two friends went over there. And I talked to talked to Jacob, one of the other guys, and talked to him. He's like, did you get a picture? I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, get a picture. And I'm like, no. No. Just I just I just wanted to see what they would say. Yeah. And uh then Cody comes over and I know I know Cody. He's like the host of Left Turn Cult. Me and him, we meet at Pals in Irwin, Tennessee. I was Irwin, about to say, I thought I remembered yeah, you me and, with me and Cody have met up before. So me and him are actually good buddies. We still we talk all the time. And he comes up, he's like, Yeah man, you like Parv? And like he's totally playing into it. He's like, yeah, man, do you like Parv? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And eventually tell Jacob who I am. And it's so funny to like meet people you've talked with for a long time, but they don't know. They kind of know what I sound like, and they they know of me. And then to be like, oh, yeah. But they've I'm, never seen your face. No. Be like, oh, yeah, I'm Turnpike. And then just be like, and then be like, you're a Turnpike? Yeah, 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 I am. And then this is funny, and I will I will say this. So I go to meet the Chairgating guys. And they have this genius idea. There's another guy that's always in the comments named Joe Retro. And the last couple weeks, he's been putting out some questionable tweets on their on the Chairgating. Questionable? Questionable tweets. Kind of pushing the envelope tweets a little bit. And they're okay. like, dude, you know what would be funny is if you introduced yourself as Joe. And to just to see how they would react. <laughs> so so they did. So Cody calls me over and like, hey, guys, this is this is Joe. And I'm like, hey, 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 guys, what's up? And uh, and they start like they're kind of doing that, like, oh, it's this guy, kind yeah. of. Just it was so funny. And I'm sitting there talking to him, and I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. And then I forget what. And then they started to reference some comment he had made, and I just had no idea what comment they were talking about. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, I got, I, I'll break it to you. I'm not, I'm not Joe. I cannot back what they. Just I cannot. Said. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am not Joe. And then they're like, well, who are you? I'm like, oh, I'm Turnpike. And then, like, like Rattlesnake, like, gave me a hug. <laughs> like, it, was weird. It, was, it was so funny. But uh, I had such a great time meeting all the guys. They all sat together. I didn't sit with them, sadly. 
you know, um, I need to go to a race with you sometime, and I'll I, I'd love to meet all the guys. Yeah, you're gonna meet all the guys. They're, yeah, they support the show, so absolutely, it's awesome. As to, we support them, yeah, I, I'm always trying to support them as much as I can. So, oh yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I, we need to do like a RSO chairgating fan fuel LTC like cl- like mega collab. That would be kind of cool, but yeah. Anyway, we'll see where that goes. That'll that'll be down the line. But anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week to the world's worst NASCAR podcast. I am Turnpike. I'm Green. And be sure to follow us on all of our socials on Instagram at Right Sides Only. Yes. On Twitter at Right Sides Pod. Why we did that <laughs> different? I don't no, know. I can't change. Oh wait, it. no, I remember. There's some guy who hasn't yeah, tweeted since guy. 2009 who has Right Sides Only. Yeah. I wonder what Crazy. we gotta do to like. Report his account. account. Yeah, report. Report for bullying. My gosh. This account, this tweet from 2009 is offending me. (laughs) It just says, like, I don't like pancakes. It's like, you know what? This guy's got to go. This guy's got to go. This guy's got to go. Anyway, yeah, follow us on Right Sides Pod. Follow me at Turnpike underscore. Follow me at RSO underscore green. And this has been another episode of the world's most incredible bad podcast. You know, I, I was kind of confused where you're going there, but that yeah. makes sense. Of all the NASCAR podcasts, this is one of them. We are the best at being. We are the best at being the worst. The worst. Also, this is also the world's best smelling NASCAR podcast. I would beg to just differ. trust us. Just trust us on that one, dude. We're sitting in your room. This, no, <laughs> it no, it doesn't smell great in here. <laughs> We're the world's best. I don't know. What's a what's something that we could be? What's just, another thing that we could be? We have the most waffles out of any NASCAR podcast. And in the morning, <laughs> I'm making waffles. I'm making waffles. We All have right. the most waffles of any NASCAR podcast. So You know what? When we get to Shrek references, I think that's when we know it's time to go. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, that's the point <laughs> that's going to be bad. Anyway, guys, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been another episode of Right Sides Only, where if you ain't right, you get left. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Amen. Yee-haw. Yee. Ha.